All right. Well, welcome back to the Plug In For More podcast. Today, we actually have a, a Bryant. Thanks for joining us. You uh, apparently just like to click things and turn yourself off. I do. I like. I have ADHD. I click everything. Random keystrokes. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm trying to turn off the startup on my laptop and click close the wrong screen. That's right. I was like, oh, Brian's not going to be a part of this tonight. <laughs> I just laughed. It's like, okay. yeah, I've had enough of this one. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's contribution. Yeah. This I showed good. up for 30 seconds. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. This is and um, this is all I need to do because I'm special. Welcome to Plug In for More, brought to you by EVUniverse.com. EV Universe is your one stop shop for all things related to the electric vehicle. Here on this podcast, our goal is to educate, inspire, and hopefully make your transition into the electric vehicle marketplace a lot less intimidating. And now, here are your hosts, Mike, Tom, and Bryant. We had some news that the Kia EV9 is getting closer to being released. What can you tell us about that, Brian? I'm pretty excited. Uh, I've been talking about this ever since it's been debuted. Um, as a starting price is 54,900, which I think is very reasonable. Um, it's hard to compare this. I'd, Mike, I'll ask you in a quick second what you think it's either like the X or the Y, but I think the starting price is right in the middle. Um, I think it's, you know, 215 horsepower, 258 pounds of torque. I think it gets cool reviews from, from me around the interior. Looks great. It's got three row seating and it's got the 800 volt charging you know, fast charging, same as my EV6. And uh, I really like the, the console, everything about the interior, the exterior. It looks like a Telluride, and, but like cooler, in my opinion. So yeah. I can't wait to see it. It's got a lot of cargo space, 81 cubic feet. Um, and then it can tow. It's a real SUV. And like, <laughs> like the EV6 is technically classified as an suv it's not it's you're not going to tow with it but it's got ground clearance of 7.8 inches and it can tow 5,000 pounds not like you're going to be towing the biggest thing in the world with it but 5,000 pounds would tow my 21 foot boat so what do you guys think i mean i i think it's going to be a fantastic um selling vehicle i mean when i look at this thing it's um the price point is is good i mean that's the 54 9 is is for rear wheel drive so there's going to be a good segment of the country that's going to want all wheel drive um but you know you look at the the speed of charge which is you know a very important thing the amount of space that it has i think that's a winning combination it doesn't have a lot of power so it's probably going to be a little you know slower than what a lot of people are used to for an ev but it still be plenty fast for what it's what's it's really needed um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to do really well. Yeah. And I like it. And after seeing the success of the EV6 and the platform that he is building this on the seven seat three row SUV is going to be huge. And like, I know that would be really desirable for me and my family and my wife's already keying in on this particular car as well. So I'm going to be doing what I can to try to get my hands on it if possible. The big question I would have is if it's going to qualify for tax credits. Yeah, I was going to go there. So it's building, it's being built in South Korea for now. They are planning on moving it though to the Georgia facility in West Point, Georgia. They key invested two hundred million to upgrade that facility to start preparing the EV nine assembly next July. 
So then it would qualify for the quote unquote assembled in the United States. Um, the only question really I have for Mike is, do you compare it against the Tesla Model Y, which starts at 50,400? Or is it more like the X? I typically, when I look at SUVs, I look at what the capability of it is. Um, because if you need a big SUV, you're not going to go for a Model Y because it just doesn't have the space. I mean, just the same reason I got rid of the Model Y is because I had a fairly large, large dog and then I've got two kids. And then if we go on a long trip, you know, we're packing that thing to the gills and it just wasn't meeting the needs anymore. And so that, even though the price points are fairly close, it just, it's not going to work. Like I could have looked at, let's say like Model X or a Rivian R1S or if this thing was out, I would have looked at that too, because it has the capabilities for what I need. And I think the price point puts it more in line with a really attractive offer over a Model X. Now, is it going to be as premium? No. Is it going to be as fast? No. But if it charges really fast and it has a, you know, a good range, which I think the range is a little bit lacking. Um, I think we're talking like mid two hundreds. I think is yeah. as a range. So that's 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 the one negative I see with the with the with the SUV with the EV nine is it just doesn't. You can charge real fast, but it's yeah, charge a lot more frequently. So that's going to be a hit against it. Yeah, I would agree. The Model Y is a uh, kind of like an EV six size. And uh, this is bigger, I think. To your point, the R1S is what eighty, Mike. Yeah. So the uh, the Rivian R1S, though their three row SUV, that starts starts at seventy eight um, for the dual motor, and then that's obviously more expensive when you add the quad or the large battery pack and that sort of thing. So end of the day, you're really looking at for most people with the R1S, um, they're buying it today. You know, in September of twenty twenty three. Um, you're looking at right around minimum 85 for that. Yeah, so 30, 30 grand. It's a that's a big difference. It is. I'll be curious to see though with this EV9 though what those price increases are as you up the drivetrain and mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. trim to get on more of an apples to apples type comparison between the EV9 and the R1S. Yeah, and I also think when you look at the like how well the Telluride has done for sales, I mean this thing. To me, it's just a better looking Telluride. That's an EV. And if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of interest on this thing. And aesthetically speaking, the headlights are far more attractive than the Rivian. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you, and I don't want you to repeat yourself. <laughs> I think to your point, um, they announced the trim levels. I think this is going to be Kia's trim levels for the future. Um, they have the light, long range. That's a kind of a newer trim level I'm not, I'm not familiar with, but they have the wind, which is the trim level I have, which is the all-wheel drive. They announced the land. Again, I'm not super sure what that one is. And the GT line, so like that's going to be the fast one, probably the dual motor, you know, zero to sixty in you know four seconds type of type of vehicle. So yeah, we'll be curious to apples to apples, but for a rear-wheel drive th three-row EV Telluride, I think it's pretty attractive for fifty-four. All right, so we we're just talking about the EV9 not qualifying for the tax credit because it's not assembled in the United States. However, there is a loophole that's being discussed. Uh, you know, the dealerships um, have this loophole that they're talking more and more about. And basically, the loophole is that the U.S. Department of Treasury, in its guidance for the Inflation Reduction Act, said that commercial vehicles, quote unquote, commercial vehicles, um, most likely that's you know heavy duty trucks or you know semis or something like that would be exempt. 
But there's a loophole that says that if you lease a vehicle from the dealer, since technically you, the end user, doesn't take possession of the title, it stays in the dealer or the finance company's name, it is a commercial transaction. And then the dealer could get the EV tax credit and pass it along to you. So maybe you could get the EV9 as a uh, leased vehicle and get the tax credit. But Mike and Tom, what do you think about that loophole? That seems almost unbelievable. Wouldn't you think so, Mike? I mean, it's the government, so I think it's believable. Um, anything can happen, folks. I think we uh, all know that there's <clears throat> always loopholes and things that people forget to write into these uh, these things, or they do it on purpose, one way or the other. There's uh, there's loopholes in every piece of legislation. So, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's a little crazy, but um, it, you know, end of the day, if it gets more people into EVs, that's all I really. Uh, you know, that's all really I, I care about. So, yeah, I mean, if it pushes more people into leasing, um, I I really don't I don't love that. Just from the fact that leases typically are not financially the better option for people. There's times where it can be, but you know, nine times out of ten, it's really uh, more beneficial to to purchase um, or you know take a loan out rather than lease. But um, you know, there's instances where it, where it makes sense, you know, if you own a business or, and you can write some, uh, some of the, the lease payments off, or you change vehicles frequently, or you're worried about this thing going out of, uh, you know, kind of out of date being obsolete because it's the technology that makes sense. But anyways, I'm kind of going off on a tangent there. Ah, this is, I don't know. I don't know what to think at the moment. Um, frankly, when Brian was first talking about this, I thought it was a, bunch of baloney um until we really got into it and started seeing where the loophole actually is so i mean if it's true it's true um i think a lot more people are gonna lease uh certain vehicles just because of that i have zero problem with it and i think anything that will put money back in people's pockets and lower their payments to get into new vehicles regardless of their manufacturer location is good for everyone that's probably a better way to put it <laughs> i would i would agree with your sentiment i say i i will say two things on this one since technically the institutions are the ones getting the tax credit they don't have to give you the full value so if you are going to lease a vehicle make sure you're actually getting the full 7500 or 3750 um or because the, they could say you're getting it and they're giving you 500 bucks. So I'm not saying I don't trust dealerships. Just make sure you're getting what you're talking about. And then I'd say number two is the cool part about this is you can take advantage of this tax credit loophole to pretty much get any mass-produced electric vehicle right now to qualify for the tax credit until a lot of these EVs have talked about moving their you know, eligible factories over to the United States or parts or whatever it is. So like, I think the list of EVs is going to grow that qualify and we've already seen, you know, price reductions to qualify, but right now this loophole, pretty much any EV qualifies. So if you want an EV on the tax credit, go lease it. Yeah. And that gets you around the um, income limits as well. If you lease, because you as the lease, lease or on that are not, uh, you know, subject to those income requirements. And if it's going to the commercial route, then you get around it. So yeah, lots, uh, a lot more people are going to qualify a lot more vehicles. Make sure you put my Venmo in the show notes, Tom. So people could, you know, send me some of their tax credit 
that they get back in these lease vehicles for finding yeah, this. Absolutely. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep, keep, I think we should keep drinking, guys. This is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This might be the uh, second most entertaining podcast. The inter- most being when Renee come on. That was pretty good. <laughs> Why do we have her come back? I want to show you. You're listening to the Plug In For More podcast. If you're looking for information on electric vehicles, electric vehicles components, or information on how to reduce your carbon footprint, look no further than EVUniverse.com. EVUniverse.com is your one-stop shop for all things related to electric vehicle. So that story about the leasing and the tax credits segues very nicely into our topic for the main part of the episode today on leasing or subscription services in electric vehicles. I'm going to throw it back to Mike on the leasing portion and his thoughts on if it's a good idea to lease an electric vehicle. Well, like I just mentioned, typically leasing is not the most financially beneficial for most people um, versus taking a loan out um, with a low interest rate. But there's there's some caveats to that, of course. Um, one is with a lot of EVs, they're not sure what the residual value is going to be. So that's, that's different than what has been in the past for a gas vehicle, where it was a little easier to tell, you know, what that um, residual value is going to be. And so what your potential buyout would be or your monthly payment. Um, and with a lease vehicle, you're really paying for the depreciation of that, that vehicle. That's really what you're paying for. Um, and you're essentially betting on what that vehicle is going to be worth at the end of the lease. And um, with EVs, some manufacturers don't even allow you to turn them or to uh, keep the vehicle at the end, such as Tesla. Um, they used to, but not any longer. Um, so you have to turn the vehicle back in, which for some people that might be a big thing and it might not be for others. Um, you know, besides that, there's a couple of different things to keep in mind with EVs is that they are um, a newer technology. Things are changing pretty frequently. There's going to be updates to, you know, the batteries. There's going to be updates to the motors. We're seeing that with Tesla constantly. They make updates to their vehicles throughout the year. Um, so getting into the newest, you know, the best technology, the longest range, it might make more sense to lease. So you're getting into the newest technology. And if that's something that matters to you, then maybe it's the right thing to do. Um, if you're going to drive a car until it dies, then buying one is going to be a better option than leasing than purchasing it outright. But at the end of the day, there's going to be very little difference for an electric vehicle versus a gas vehicle in terms of that lease arrangement. It's going to look the same. This, what you're getting at is the only unknown is just that residual value two or three years down the road. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So what you're used to with leasing with a, a gas car going to be the same process with a ev in the same breath as leasing there's other options that are coming out with electric vehicles and the subscription model other options are coming out with this i didn't understand maybe i should start over would you like me to use smaller words (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry tom did you did you just get married a couple of weeks ago? Sorry. No. No, Are you taking your so rage whether out not we, like, I keep that part in? Like, I, don't, I probably really did sound stupid, so I can't. No, no. It, it, it did sound stupid. Just it, I, Honestly, I didn't understand like the, the, the way you, you... And I'm tired, so I mean, you might have said it appropriately. I was just like... It, it just didn't, it didn't compute. So, God damn it. So 
in the same breath as leasing, we're also going to take a look at the subscription models when it comes to electric vehicles. Is that okay? Well, so we're going to look at it. Or are we looking at it now? Now or when are we looking at it? <laughs> <laughs> well, from the research that I've done, the only auto manufacturer that's providing a subscription service for an electric vehicle is going to be Volvo, and you can get their XC40 or the C40 with that. Um, the cool thing about the subscription models is that you just have one monthly fee, one monthly price um, that covers your cost of having the vehicle that covers your insurance. Um, there's no down payment associated with these types of agreements. And for example, like the Volvo C40 recharge is $915 a month, excluding taxes and fees. Well, by comparison for that same C40, if you're going to look at leasing it, you'd be looking at $485 a month. I don't know how much down, I would assume probably in the th- couple thousand dollars down but yeah i mean so you're you're almost doubling the, the price of the subscription which cover i mean your insurance maintenance and roadside assistance i mean those things are again insurance that a lot of times that has roadside assistance bundled with it already and then the maintenance is really not not a whole lot and i don't think they're i mean I, I, don't quote me on this but we'd have to you know verify i don't think in the fine print you're going to see that the maintenance includes you know tires um and other than that the maintenance on evs for the most part i mean you do have the audi e-trons that have some twenty thousand mile maintenance that needs to get done but there's most of them it's really just putting in um windshield wiper fluid i mean that so that maintenance cost is next to nothing um you do need to get you are able to get in and out of the subscriptions a lot easier than you would at least though yeah, so looking further into Volvo's website, the, the coverage with this includes the service, maintenance, wear and tear, um, vehicle tax, and more. That's what they worded as. So I would assume the wear and tear would be your tires. Yeah, but I wonder, like, why are they going to say it's, uh, you know, outside the ordinary and you're going to be yeah. paying for that? I don't know. Um, and it's, you know... 1,250 miles a month um, on the maintenance as well. So then there's this other company that is interesting um, that I get introduced to in Indianapolis area called Motor. And Mike and I have had had a relationship with them for for a while now. It's trimotor.com. The interesting idea with how they're going about this um, subscription is they're really thinking about you know, maybe you could maybe you want to try an EV with no long term commitment, and so you even you don't even want to do a thirty six month lease. You want to do just maybe a one month, see see how it happens. So they their subscription is really interesting. It's six hundred forty nine dollars a month. I'll get to the type of vehicles in a second. A down payment fee of four hundred, but they have insurance, roadside assistance, and charger installation, which is really interesting. They will find a local contractor and work with you to get it installed. Only a one-month commitment and 1,500 miles per month. So that's a really interesting thought. Um, Mike, we've, like I said, we've had conversations and developed a relationship with these guys. What do you think? What are your thoughts on what Motor's doing? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what Motor's doing that's really nice is really helping with the the charging situation. Um, you know, working with you know local utilities and that kind of thing to make sure that you know the 
the whole process of getting into an EV is done very easily. And, and it's something that, you know, EV universe, we care a lot about um, making the whole process of ownership very, very simple. So people know where to find their cars and, you know, get parts and accessories, that kind of thing. And that kind of fits in the same mold as what motor's doing, um, making it easier for people to get the charging set up. They work with the installers. Um, you know, it's just one cost and, and then you're done. So I think the model that they have is great. Um, and I know they're expanding into other um, areas of the country and I'm really excited for what they're doing. Um, I think it's a, it's a great model. It's a great crew of people that, that we've met um, over the last couple of years. And uh, I think they've got, they've got a bright future. I know they've had some pretty significant investment. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I do too. So the the the, pri the vehicles you can subscribe to is a Tesla, a Nissan Leaf, or a Mustang Mach-E, looks like. And it's really a one-time sign-up. Like, you just sign up in two minutes online, you pay the $400, and you get the vehicle, and get a charger installed, and you're ready to rock and roll. And so I think some of the drawbacks here with the idea of the subscription model is that you're not going to have any equity, like, at all. So you're just essentially throwing money away on a rental. And then you're going to limit your availability or your options for customization. If you wanted to add some cool accessories, you're not going to do that. Yeah, I would say like we're going into leasing, back to kind of leasing and subscription, I am seeing quite a bit, specifically Lucid Air, caught my eye. They're shooting me up all the ads oh. online. Their lease offers are pretty attractive. Like they've improved 100, 200 bucks a month, depending on the trim level. And you're starting to see some manufacturers offer some incentives on leasing in addition to obviously the purchase price, but as inventory is starting to crawl up a little bit with EVs, some of these incentives are actually pretty good. And like we talked about last episode, we'll see what the automaker strike does to inventory, but it's right now is like not a bad time. The manufacturers are trying to sweeten the pot for some of these after years and years of waiting, you know, or not waiting, but adding to the MSRP. <laughs> now it's starting to swing back into the buyers kind of a buyer's uh, market right now. Yeah. I mean, I, speaking of lucid air, I mean, the, the lease for that is right now there, there's an offer for seven forty nine a month, um, almost 7,700 down at the lease signing, which is a lot, but, um, you know, compared to the Volvo subscription, I mean, that's, we're talking $900 a month for that. And I mean, that's a, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. the, the Volvo is a nice vehicle and all. Um, the, the, lucid is, I mean, the Lucid Air is another. It's another yeah, realm. Lucid Air is a far superior vehicle. Yeah, no one would. No one's gonna. No one's gonna lease a Volvo. I'm confident <laughs> over a Lucid. Yeah. I mean, maybe <laughs> listener, if you make that decision, I want to hear from you. Please send me a note. At the same price. I mean, all right. I mean, heck, I even thought about leasing a Lucid for that. Honestly, I did because I'm like. That's a heck of a car seven for 700 down. bucks a month. A well, that's negotiable down. tax credit, man. The tax credit yeah. wipes that out. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, true. okay. Now you're... It's 82, it's 82, four. So it's over the limit, but yeah, I mean, maybe if you leased it, it'd be fine. Maybe. No, it wouldn't, oh. wouldn't count. Same way as a Kia counts. Yeah. Well, would it count? Cause it's over the MSRP. I don't know. I think all those, all those, every vehicle's 
qualify as Elise. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone. Oh, be, yeah, so there you go. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh-oh. We know what's going to happen now, Tom, don't we? Mike's going to get a loose. <laughs> you're going to get an EV. You're going to EV9 and Mike's going to get a loose. <laughs> oh. Here's my here's my listener. Here's my here's my uh, future view here. There's no way Mike doesn't get a lucid at seven hundred dollars a month. Mike is going to get a lucid. Mm-hmm. Mark my words, this is going to happen. No, no, I think I would. No, you wouldn't be able to talk to me ever again because I would be on the like in a river somewhere with like uh, concrete blocks <laughs> uh, around my ankles or something. Um, I'd be dead. My wife's going to kill me. So I'm trying to say, Jesus, come on, Tom, stop looking at me like that. You know what I'm trying to say. So I just want to, one, thank you guys for the episode. As always, this has been entertaining. And I want to congratulate Mike on going as long as he have has without buying a new EV that he's told us about. That's true. How long has it been? It's been 35, 40 days? No, it's, been, it's been like six months. Sixty days. Yeah, wow, six that's a long months. Time. That's good. Six months, guys. Yeah, that's good. I'm getting the itch again. Oh, one update I do have. This is pretty important. So, on the Cyber Truck, so I've got two or three orders technically. Uh, the Cyber Truck because of the mistakes that happened on the mistakes original. Um, even you know, mistakes, yeah, mistakes, and I know yeah. we talked about that in an earlier yeah. episode, but um, two of the three, um, when you go in the configurator, it looks like they're going to be ready you know available to configure fairly soon so versus the other ones again because these are the first night reservations we'll see if that pans out or if that was just an an error on tesla's part my guess is that was not an error so um more to come there and we can talk about the cybertruck tom's favorite looking vehicle i think of all time and uh yeah how do we know how much it's gonna cost yet no cool no not officially no they They haven't come back out with the price, or if it's going to have three motors or four, or probably have three. But yeah, we'll see. That's fun. I mean, I want to wish, um, I want to congratulate Mike because he did something with his Rivian to make it look like a truck. He put cardboard boxes in the back. Does it look like is it cardboard boxes? What is that in the back of that truck? That that <laughs> is that is a whole bunch of uh, actually plywood and plywood. plywood. Yes, because I would scraps, not not full sheets. It doesn't look well. Yeah, it could have been. Full it sheet. looks like cardboard. There, no, that, it looks like cardboard. Well, man. I know you need your eyes checked, but what I'm really <laughs> like, what that is, is again plywood. It was a whole bunch of boxes from carbon fiber that uh, came in from the manufacturer. So, if you're looking for a Model Three or Model Y carbon fiber, we've got it, um, and a lot of really good quality stuff. Can we be done now? Oh, congratulations! Well, enjoy. I think. I think that was a good podcast. I can't wait to hear the edited version. Uh, yeah, you need to edit the shit out of that thing. Yeah, we'll see. Thank you for listening to Plug In for More. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out the one-stop EV marketplace, EVUniverse.com. Until next time.